0: Hey everybody, welcome to another bonus episode of Movie Mavens, where Carson and I cover the HBO show The Last of Us in quick, bite-sized, 20-minute or less episodes. This week we are talking about the third episode of The Last of Us titled Long, Long Time. The TV are, Mavens. T, it's a TV Mavens. TV
1: Mavens. I love that
0: we've coined that. I, we're branching out, okay? <laughs> The internet will not stop Mm -mm. talking about this episode. They are in love with it. They are saying it deserves the highest
1: of awards. They won't shut the fuck up. So let's talk about it. (laughs) What did you think? I mean, obviously like incredibly touching, moving, um, I feel Okay, so there was like, what, like five to ten minutes on either side of our time with Bill and Frank, where we were with Joel and Ellie, and I feel like if we cut off those two, like the beginning and the end, like this could be an episode of Black Mirror, this could be a standalone short, this could be, like, this could go to Sundance for real.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is like a fully self-contained story. Yeah. That has that could have nothing to do with the rest of the story if you right. cut that out.
1: yeah, which i I like that. I was not expecting that from this show like at all whatsoever, and I think it took like, I mean, just even to do that, like it's taking a lot of like that's a creative risk, you know, is to introduce not only introduce brand new characters in the third episode, but then spend the entire episode with them. And we're not even like, we don't know what's going on with our characters. Just like the the, the guts that it takes to do that. And it was like such a good execution too. I'm really impressed with this episode.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Ron Swanson
0: has a name. He has a real name as well.
1: Nick Offerman. Nick
0: Offerman. <laughs> You had a really good tweet about this.
1: Yes. Okay. So Nick Offerman has a tendency to play himself. Um, And I know this because um, I have been watching Nick Offerman since Parks and Rec 2011-12. And I have, you know, followed his career. And he generally plays pretty much the same character, which is... Nick Offerman. um, And Ron this is Swanson. even true... Yeah, Ron Swanson. <laughs> this is even true in The Resort. He played, like, a really pathetic dad, but, like, in the survivalist way. What about devs? Oh, he was, like, an asshole boss, huh? In that, Yeah, one.
0: but basically, he still, like, has never branched too far from being Ron Swanson. And a lot of that's yeah. just his face and his voice, but... Okay, but he didn't... Fu- he didn't actually play any other the
1: only there's only one difference here between ron swanson Mm -hmm. and that is um he did not marry tammy one and tammy two he um played a gay character which i thought was really cool and like i feel like if nick offerman like this symbol of masculinity not only in hollywood but also just like I, I mean he did like those whiskey commercials, you know. Like he is ingrained in in men's like I, men know him by name, you know. And he so is like to,
0: the image of masculinity and personality of it. So yeah, it was honestly very touching seeing him do this role. Like I I love that he did it and that like you could tell he was like fully invested in the character.
1: He gave a stellar performance, yes, but like it's because he was given such a robust character to work with. Like this character was, I mean, we even got like a touch of like his completed backstory. Um, like he uh, talked about his mom in one scene and, you know, like we saw a glimpse of his life before this. So it was like a very robust and dynamic character, I thought. And then Frank, his lover, and then
0: they did get married in the, in the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the guy from white Lotus. Which guy? The the main guy in the first season who's like the hotel manager. I who's New Zealand with a mustache. I'm not gonna spoil um... White Lotus on Season one.
1: <laughs> um uh, Well, that's cool. I can't picture him even if you like I'm trying really hard. Yeah, but he was like unrecognizable
0: and the fact that you cannot tell me who he is right now just goes to show like, you have no memory of who he actually plays in White Lotus, even though he, he was the most iconic character in that whole show. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. And I can't remember his name at all. Google has gone down the fucking drain. Let me tell you, you can't put season one because it just wants to show me season two. <laughs> just give okay. me season one. <laughs> I know everyone's talking. The OJ, they're bringing it- Murray Barlett.
1: Okay. Happening. I like that. Armand. Name. That was his name in the show? Yes. The way I have completely blocked it all out. Oh my God, I just remembered Connie Britton and Steve Zahn. He's the guy that is like fighting with the rich guy about the
0: pineapple room, and he's like trying to be lovers with his pool boys. Okay. How's this? <laughs> I'm showing Carson a picture, it's completely blurry. <laughs> Does this ring any bells? Yes, yes. Thank you, Annie. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, enough about that. Yes, I just have some interesting data, real quick, to, to share with you. Oh my God, spill! The first episode had—I I don't know. It's it, in on the wiki. It just says viewers, but I'm assuming it's like either on the first night or the first weekend. I don't know. Um. It had 0.588 million viewers, first episode. Second episode, 0.633 million viewers. Third episode, 0.747. So with every episode, there are
1: new people joining to watch live. Wait, so does that mean, does zero point, does that mean 700,000? I believe so. Math. (laughs) Oh, what well, a cool. math podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have to
0: dig into something here. Okay. No one is going to like this
1: what I am about oh to say. Oh my god. Oh shit. Oh fuck. I did not like the episode. <gasps> why did I think that you were going to say
0: that? Okay, why? It has first of all it has nothing to do with like their love story or even how that was portrayed, it has everything to do with the filmmaking of it, okay? And what I mean by that is... I was thinking the whole time about how you said the scenes are so long. Yes, oh and my God. these... Carson. <laughs> they just do not know what a montage is, apparently. Because this episode could have been montages. And it was killing me. Like they're using that On the Nature of Daylight, Mac Richter song that was in Arrival and several other movies. That's like very emotional sounding. But they mm-hmm. just put it over a scene. It's not a montage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the, the scenes are so long. They, they never yeah. move. It's crazy. There's the first meal that Bill and Frank share together. They sit down to have it. And Bill is like, you know, re- he has his guard up really high. And then we have a wide shot, and it cross dissolves to the (gasps) same wide shot, and they they finish the meal, and then they're like, "Well, I guess I gotta go." Why did they not move that scene into a new location? So many like moments where it just the scenes themselves were so long, and I would rather I would have preferred a montage of their love because we see their love span many many years, but we actually only get like four scenes out of those years.
1: Yes, okay. Um but for some reason like this episode was so much more captivating than the last episode even though the scenes were just as long like I was so much more invested in what was going on on screen than I was when there was literal like insane monsters <laughs> snapping at me and yeah. i don't like i don't know why i i mean maybe it was the storytelling maybe because yeah maybe because of this touching <laughs> music i'm not sure i don't know and that's uh, that's you and everybody everybody
0: else i i'm the outlier here but um another example is frank so frank is like dying of some sort of disease like degenerative disease i'm guessing and they have this touching scene where he's like Here's my last day. I've planned it. We're going to go to the boutique and get a nice outfit. We're going to get married. We're going to come back. You're going to cook me a, an amazing dinner. And then we're going to do the. We're going to drink wine. You're going to put this in my wine. He's saying it all verbally. And I'm like, okay, gotcha. Yeah. I don't know why he had to say it all because then we see it all word for word, word for word. And then, and this is when the, that song is playing during all of this. And then the song fades away while they're finishing their meal, and I'm like, "We're gonna cut. We're gonna cut to something new." And no, we stay in the living room or in the dining room for another full talking scene. It's wild how long we're in that dining room. They must have not had much of a budget for this episode because we are in that dining room so long. Um, I have some insight into why I think it's the episode is like this, but like, well, I don't know. They apparently there was a two hour cut of this episode okay that's excessive so I think they didn't know what they were doing exactly I think they were going to just get cute moments and or I don't know I I blame the editing a lot honestly
1: mm. you know what I could have done without Um. I could have totally done without like the sex scene <laughs> you, mm-hmm. and li- you and I are like you and I
0: listener disclaimer Carson and I are very weirdly anti-sex scene. For no reason. We're not prudes. It is weird. We're not no, even we're not. <laughs> I don't know why. It just... for Like, there's one thing we can align on, and that's it.
1: Yeah. I don't... I... That scene to me, like... Um, I I just at this point the way that sex is portrayed on screen, I just feel like it cheapens everything. I think that's mm. what it is. It cheapens the sentiment that we're supposed to be feeling. Yeah. Um, and especially like the way that they went about it because they made Bill seem like so naive and timid. Like and, he had and- never been with a man before. He even states which, on one
0: hand, felt sweet, but um. Anyway, go on. Yeah, I
1: just uh, you know, like I didn't need it to be expressed in that way. I didn't need like him exposing his sexual history to understand his relationship history. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't need that and I felt like it cheapened um our time like the first few moments that we had with them together.
0: I see. Yeah. I mean, it would have been rad, too, if he just was gay and not, like, I don't know. I I can see it benefiting multiple, like, different instances. But, um, weirdly, like, that scene wasn't, didn't bother me as much as anything that happens in the dining room, (laughs) which is so much. Um,
1: okay, I want to move on from Bill and Frank, and I want to talk about, Joel got a truck? We got a truck. We
0: got a truck, baby.
1: And um,
0: this is the difference between what happens in the... Do you want to know what happens in the game? Because it's nothing like what we
1: saw. Yes. Yes. Literally, I've been dying. We've been going on for like 15 minutes. (laughs) Annie, what the hell?
0: And I have to... I'm saying it now so I remember. I have a rewrite for this episode that I want to pitch at the end. Um, Okay. So we have a truck, which is great. Because now we can cross a lot of distance. It was kind of like sad when we started the episode and we were like only 10 miles away from where the last episode was I was like dear god they're moving so slow
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> and um, we have to go to Wyoming yes, like, it's take <laughs> <seasons>. <laughs> uh, so it's exciting that they have a truck but in the in the game first of all they cut my favorite part of the game out of the out of the show because they they treated it like this it's fine because this is so damn touching but I hope they figure out a way to utilize my favorite part of the game later because they can totally do that. But anyway, you and jo- Joel and Ellie go to Bill's town. There is no Frank present. Bill's town is very similar in that he's rigged it up with like tons of traps. And then. So smartly. Yes. And the traps are very similar. You find Bill and he's going to get you a truck. But while you're, like, exploring the area, you start to see signs of that there was a relationship between him and somebody named Frank. And it's seen through, like, objects in the game. Eventually, you can find a letter that you can read.
1: And I'm going to read it to you right now. Oh, my God. Juicy.
0: It it says, this is from Frank to Bill. Well, Bill, I doubt you'd you'd ever find this note because you were too scared to ever make it to this part of town. But if for some reason you did, I want you to know I hated your guts. I grew <gasps> tired of your shitty town and your set in your ways attitude. I wanted more from life than this, and y- and you could ever get, and you could never get that. And that stupid battery you kept moaning about, I got it. But I guess you were right. Trying to leave this town will kill me. Still better than spending another day with you. Good luck, Frank.
1: That is so, that's the meanest thing I've ever heard in my life. That would break my heart. And it, clearly he's dying while he's writing it. I'm guessing he got bit. Um,
0: that And then you give the letter to Bill as Joel. And you're like, oh, uh, I think, you, I thought you should have had this. <laughs> and then Bill is like, so that's what you think of me, huh? Anyway, here's my truck. And then you get his truck like right then and there. So I know that the, I think Craig Mazin said something about Wanting to make this a much more positive story. And I think that's important. Like, so many stories about underrepresented people, people of color, any like gay people, anything like that, it's always got to be trauma related. Yeah. And it's kind of nice that they changed it up.
1: Yeah. I, and you know, I feel like while I, um, it is troubling to watch. Um, in aided suicide on screen it was also like um uh it wasn't traumatic yeah it was like they chose their own end in like this very chaotic world in this very like troubling and dangerous world they chose how they wanted to end and I, yeah i feel i don't know that that did feel very positive i have to agree yeah yeah that them committing
0: suicide together was somehow like nice and romantic because of the circumstances of the world and like they found each other i think they they lived a fulfilled life together
1: yeah so they loved each other they
0: did and i think like they wanted it to end like that versus one of them getting like you know the zombies coming in something like that
1: um, something stands out so vividly in my mind, okay, whenever they're at the convenience store, or whatever it was, whatever store, um, when Ellie straight up just stabs that mushroom guy, which was so fucking sick, by the way, <laughs> Um, she finds a box of tampons, and then she, like, takes the tampons, and I, like... Me, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, tampons expire. You're going to get toxic shock syndrome, and that's how you're going to die. In a zombie world, you're going to die from toxic shock. That feels like an oversight. How long does it take
0: tampons to expire?
1: Literally a year. Do not use a tampon if it's a year old. Okay.
0: Well, I didn't even think of that. I really loved her line combed over my ass as she came as she exited <laughs> oh like, yeah the, like implying that he's like we combed this place over there's nothing good yeah toxic shock syndrome did not cross my mind and as it did not for many of the uh, mostly male creators i'm assuming
1: yeah true shit just pointing it out look just pointing it out there gotta be
0: it's diva cup all the way at that point hey <laughs> okay i'm gonna tell you my rewrite real quick yeah. Do you remember in the Batman when Alfred is having like a phone conversation about like the Wayne Manor about to explode and you think he's going to save it from exploding because he's going to call the Batman. and It's going to be OK. And then like we cut wide from the phone. He's like leaving a message. He's like, you got to hurry. And then yeah. we cut wide. It's already it's already been lit on fire. Yeah. OK. Yes. So that is the antithesis of my idea. We cross-cut the whole episode so that we can get rid of all of those cross-dissolves, you guys. You don't need those anymore. <laughs> we can cross-cut between Joel and Ellie making their way towards Bill and Frank and then yeah. their whole love story. Yeah. We don't, you don't really need to change a thing. Because we're cross-cutting, you can tighten it up. You can get that montage. Anyway, we see their whole love story. Then we see them preparing their suicide wine hmm as they're preparing their suicide wine joel and ellie are so close they're in the town they're like escaping the traps to get in we can uh-huh. throw in my favorite scene for good measure which is when joel yeah. gets stuck upside down for all the gamers out there and then they're about to drink the suicide wine and then joel and ellie burst through the house and we see they've been dead for months Ooh.: So it's like playing with the time, like they've actually been dead for months. We think they're going to get them in there and save them or say goodbye or whatever. And th- what we're seeing is actually took place months ago.
1: Oh my God. Craig Mason, if you're listening, I'm here, baby.: <laughs> <laughs> Something to think about. Um, I'm also going to offer a rewrite. Well, not really, it's more like an addition. Um, what I feel this show is missing is a dog) <laughs> I feel like we need a little sidekick. We need like a little um we need something to warn us of some imminent danger. Um oh, wow, now that I'm saying this out loud though, I'm realizing that the zombies are like n- sound and noise. Okay, maybe we need a cat. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm like, listen, Garson, what you're what you're setting up is let's watch a dog die, and I don't necessarily <laughs> no. want that. No. <laughs> yeah, um, there is a dog in the second game, but not as like a companion. He's just like in a scene. Dang. So, yeah, a cat. <laughs> I think a cat a, would do very slot. well. <laughs> yeah. Craig Mason, hit us up, baby. <laughs> we're here (laughs) we got suggestions for days
1: okay bounce ideas brainstorm
0: (laughs) give us a call um okay i'm ready to rate the episode
1: yeah go ahead
0: god i feel so bad because everyone's like in love with this but it just did not do it for me i'm gonna give it a six out of ten
1: yeah this was um so far this was my favorite of the three that we've seen so i'm gonna give it an eight all right that means the movie maven score for episode three long
0: long time is a seven out of ten i'm sorry to every i'm sorry to everyone i'm disappointing right now
1: you don't apologize be yourself
0: yeah it sucks when it's about something touching as touching as that gay romance (laughs) you know
1: literally do you not remember me slandering she said like two weeks ago (laughs) true
0: (laughs) true and um I don't like it when I listen to podcasts that I can tell or reviews that I can tell are pulling their punches because of subject matters. It's still oh, yeah. a film. Yeah. It's still a, True. it's still a piece of art to that. I mean, what are we doing here if we're not critiquing it?
1: Exactly. Go off queen. I'm, I'm rooting <laughs> for you. I'm in your corner. I support babe. your hate.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, thanks so much y'all for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. And Check out our Avatar 2
1: review up on that feed. Hell yeah. Movie Maven's up. Excuse me. TV Maven's out.
0: Someone told me But I don't know What it means Cause I've done Everything I know To try and make you mine And I think